0: welcome back sluts and witches to love lust and magic today i had the chance to interview one of my favorite humans herbalist goddess erotic artist ritualist and creator of the botanical deck leah moth The way that Leah talks about herbs and plants is unlike anybody I've ever heard. Her relationship to nature, to plant spirits, plant medicines, and to the beauty they offer us is incredible. And her new deck, the botanical deck, is an extension of this devotion. In this conversation, we talk about our mutual discovery of witchcraft and eroticism, or witchcraft and occultism rather, through the bookstore, finding the occult section as so many of us do, and Leah talks about her favorite plants, about what it was like to create a deck in honor of her connection to plant allies and plant spirits. She shares about her view of aphrodisiacs and some ways to begin a journey with aphrodisiac medicine, and just includes such accessible down-to-earth potent and gorgeous synthesis and information about plant medicine like this conversation is just so gorgeous and i hope that you walk away from it inspired to connect to the earth and the goddess and her flowers and her medicine and your eroticism in a new way so i can't wait for you guys to hear this let us know what you think and i'll see you on the other side Lea Gemini legend, ritualist, erotic artist, herbalist, and witch, deck creatrix. You are truly a multifaceted goddess. How did you come into the space of magic, herbalism, and eroticism? Oh my gosh,
1: my heart is bursting. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a sweet introduction. Thank you Aww. so much. And it's like so full circle because... I interviewed you for my podcast, and
0: I remember writing your bio. Oh, (laughs) I know. I was just thinking about that, too. I was on your incredible podcast, the Sex Magic podcast, I think two or three times, and it was such an honor. So it's such an honor to have you here. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Um, Well, I, I would love to dive into the roots of magic and how I came to it, and it's actually kind of simple. I lived across the street from a bookstore when i was about eight or nine years old and immediately found the occult section (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know i think it's like such a really beautiful natural way that so many witches find their path of magic is just following their curiosities and it was interesting Mm -hmm. i think one of the first books that i was drawn to was actually about herbs um i remember Mm -hmm. i got Uh, like an herb potion kind of spell book. And then I also got a, I think it was a Romany spell book. Uh, It had a lot of rituals. And I remember at that time, I was going through a lot of, you know, just like childhood struggles with family and uh, some trauma. And it was like such a respite to have this place where I could have something for myself. And Mm. I've always been very spiritual. I love connecting with the divine. And even at a young age, it was like this secret place that I could go to and nurture myself. And I remember like making potions and bringing them to school and trying to like sell them during recess, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is so funny. And of course, like the response from children is like, this is so weird. (laughs) Um, But you know, once I was 18 and lived on my own, I was able to kind of return to that spiritual path, um, and really dedicating myself to my witchcraft practice, which has always felt like the right language for me. I think it's Mm -hmm. obviously different for everyone, but to be a witch is, um, it's just such a strong choice of words just because of all the taboo and the story around it and the the legacy of it. So once I was a grown adult, having that path um, was... uh, always somewhere I could return to for a source of empowerment and strength. And it was there for me when I was going through really difficult times. Um, but again, I was really drawn to potion making and working with the plants. And I went to herbalist school, which was a little more unconventional than typical herbalist school is the Gaia school of healing, which is a plant mm-hmm. medicine apprenticeship program. So the program intrinsically had the connection between the emotional, the spiritual, the energetic uh, elements of these plants and not just treating it as a clinical um, Mm -hmm. kind of approach, which I really, really resonated with because I knew that it wasn't just, oh, this is good for your reproductive system. and No, this is good for, you know, if you have this specific ailment and that, our bodies work so closely together, but while we were learning about the sacral chakra, I remember feeling this like really deep calling of like, oh yeah, this is this is where I'm about because I've been in the BDSM scene since I was 20, and you know have been exploring the erotic for such a long time, and mm-hmm. uh, I was able to share with everyone like, oh, you know, another way to heal your sacral is to be kinky and do sex magic mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and then this like group of women
1: <laughs> this group of women were like what <laughs> and men as well um yeah. there was like what are you talking about and it was actually around that time i was like oh i'm so blessed to know so many uh people that are connected to kink and Eroticism and sex work, and all this. And I think that's why I started the Sex Magic podcast. I just wanted that conversation to be less taboo and more Mm -hmm. um, approachable for people. And, um, you know, I was so grateful to have the podcast for a couple of years. Um, And we wrapped it up, I think, like two years ago. And since then, You know, it's been really nice to focus on my own creative path, my own spiritual Mm -hmm. path for myself, and um, I'm also a filmmaker and a writer. And I'm really grateful and excited. My um, botanical deck is coming out March fifth. So so soon! (laughs) So soon. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's a bit about where my magic comes from, and. You know Mm -hmm. it's constantly
0: evolving and I'm just along for the ride (laughs) oh I love it so much and there's just so much juiciness to just unpack and talk about and the first thing I want to say is that like it's so real that so many of us found our magic in the occult section in bookstores and (laughs) I just like wonder now if like the younger generation not to feel like old but like we are you know we're millennials like we're not gen z like i wonder if they're like they find it on tiktok and i just like wonder if they're still going into bookstores and finding the occult section because like there's just something so special about finding like something tangible like a book and like allowing your curiosity you know what 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 now the budding witches are finding your book Aw. That's so weird. It's so, so weird. Thank you. And even oh, yeah, yes, no,
1: I so agree spent. with you. TikTok and social media and like weird websites. I you know, I hope some kids are still using Tumblr. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> it is, method. you know, it's all evol- it's all evolving. But one of the the through lines I feel like that I love so much about your work and that I hear both with using this. You know, like when you discovered witchcraft and herbalism when you were a child and then coming back to it at 18 and even when you were talking about going through Gaia is this expression and experience and devotion to embodiment. You're not just using the herbs and thinking about them in your mind and then taking them like they're just, you know, like something prescribed by your doctor. You're And I know this because I've personally taken your classes and worked with you and been lucky enough to be in ritual with you. Like it is all the way that it nourishes the body and the way that it works with the physical body, the spiritual body, the like etheric body, all these different levels of self and for you to have have that like deeply embodied physical experience of the sacral sacral chakra like opening and you having Mm -hmm. the awareness that this is connected to your eroticism and that it is another expression of your kink, like kinkiness and your exploration Mm -hmm. of BDSM is just, it's so beautiful and powerful and it's something that like I relate to, you know, like I feel like my path very much like, I, when I was like really young, discovered a book on goddesses, and like that has been, you know, like a really big part of my devotion and my practice. And it just, it's just still so strange to me that in these spiritual circles where we are connecting to the divine, to something larger than ourselves, but within ourselves, that like so many different groups, expressions of spiritual spaces, occult spaces, like want to divorce our sexuality from our spirituality when it's like, so clearly two two sides of the same coin. And, you know, like something I, mm-hmm. I talk about that you've talked about too is like, it is such a recent thing coming from like the church that they're separated. Like in every tradition pretty much around the world, there is like an esoteric or mystic expression of sexuality as the divine and or mm-hmm. as a connection to the divine, as an embodiment of the divine. Like, and I just love that for you, you were able to not only embody that through kink but also through working with with these herbs so i guess i would just Mm -hmm. love to know like how like once you kind of had that sacral awakening to say what was it Mm -hmm. like for you to incorporate um more like plant medicine into your erotic practice and like do you have like do you remember like your first kind of ritual incorporating Mm -hmm. herbs and sex magic together (sighs) oh
1: Wow, yes, oh my gosh, I just thank you so much for everything you just said it It definitely mm-hmm. resonates with like how I feel about plants and mm-hmm. um, our connection to them and um i'll I'll start with I think like one of the the first plants that I worked with in the realm of the erotic I was making a lot of spell candles that was wow. um one of the ways that i started to explore my offerings as a witch and Mm, i i remember making spell candles with uh ginger and rose petals Mm. and damiana i think damiana has been one (laughs) damiana has been one of the constant erotic botanicals that has shown up for me and obviously rose is Number one, heart opening Mm. girly, (laughs) and I'll I'll start to say for for like folks who might be listening, I often anthropomorphize plants because it always felt more natural for me. But also, there's Mm -hmm. a reason behind it in that I think there's been a severance between plants and people, and one of the things that I'm very passionate about is. Bridging that path of connection again. Because I think Mm. one of one of the reasons why we feel so disconnected from each other and from our bodies and from the earth is that there has been systemic Experiences in the past couple hundred years since literally the Enlightenment, where we've viewed the earth as something for exploitation, and it's mm-hmm. not so dissimilar to how we've treated women and, um, disenfranchised communities as well. And I think that it's really important to recognize how we've, um, how we've been part of fracturing that and what we can do to rekindle that relationship. And so, I often like to talk about uh, plants as their plant spirit, and so I'll say rose is her, and maybe these are gender yeah. terms, but for me, this is like my relationship with them and how their like energetic expression comes through. Um, yeah. But rose has always <laughs> been such a beautiful erotic plant, and I think that she's so erotic because she's so soft. Like if you yeah. really slow down and touch the rose petals like you feel mm. this like this tingle of sensation mm-hmm. that's very tantric and very gentle mm-hmm. and very childlike as well just pleasurable for the sake of pleasure yeah. um, while also having forms mm-hmm. and i think <laughs> plants often teach us things through how they bloom and how they represent themselves in manifested form um that mirror their their energetic teachings that they can share with us mm-hmm. and rose is a teacher of boundaries and so teaching us how to be open and to bloom and to you know be embodied in our pleasure while also making sure to take care of ourselves to have strong boundaries and that that like that radiance is something that has to be earned and cared for
0: oh that was so beautiful I could just like listen to you talk about plants all day like you truly have such like you're I feel like when you're talking about like herbs and plants and plant spirits like your gemini just fucking <laughs> blossoms and like that Virgo moon you have Virgo moon right yes yes <laughs> yeah like so just like like Virgo like virgin goddess just like independent Mm -hmm. but like aware grounded energy just comes out and I love what you were saying about the way that we treat our planet and the earth and the plants as a reflection of how we treat each other and how we feel connected to ourselves and the world Mm -hmm. around us and I feel like like one of the reasons you're such a powerful witch is because you talk the talk and walk the walk like you are so Mm -hmm. just connected to these plant spirits and it's so beautiful to hear you you know say these things and explain them because it's like I think it just I know for myself like it made things click when you were like yeah like the way a plant looks can mirror the properties of a plant can mirror what it does for our bodies and I love what you're saying about roses obviously like I'm such a rose (laughs) girlie I'm roses are my favorite (laughs) ever and I love their velvety petals and their scent and the ways that they bloom mm. and they allow themselves to be soft and beautiful while like in spite of being delicate like they're still protected and i just i mm. think that's just such a gorgeous expression of of plant spirits and i also just love the way you talk about plant spirits and i think that that also helps us relate to them as more than just like a static object that's you know mm. soulless it's like animism but a little bit more i don't know I just, I, I relate to it a lot. And you, like you mentioned, you created this beautiful deck that's out in March, which is linked in the show notes below, be- will be linked in the show notes below, called the <laughs> Botanical Deck. And you featured how many plants in this? 70, 70, I think. That's so many. And like you sourced all of the plants yourself to be photographed <laughs> and wrote this beautiful book yeah. with it. What was that experience like and what was it like for you as somebody who has this deep connection to plant magic and plant intimacy which we'll get into a little bit later like how was it how did it feel for you and how was it for you to like go through that process and what changed in you as a result of it
1: Uh, well It was such an honor to be given the opportunity to write about the plants. And with that came such a responsibility. I'm so excited for someone and maybe many people to pick up the deck and discover a new plant and then develop a relationship with them and then experience healing. And then it's just this like magical ripple effect that I'm so looking Mm -hmm. forward to experiencing and feeling and maybe not knowing everything. but. Um, Just knowing that those possibilities are out there is so powerful. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just feel kind of like a matchmaker. (laughs) Like, I'm like so excited to just be like, okay, like there's 70 plants here and all of them can be some kind of plant you can work with. But I know that... Your, your soulmate is in these cards or perhaps mm. opens the door for deeper connection or deeper exploration or healing or some kind of discovery. And the botanical deck is 70 cards with different plants and their medicinal and magical benefits. So I wanted to have the deck be something that was both informational and educational while also mystical and Mm -hmm. really keeping it approachable as well. Um, I oftentimes think that folks in the herbal space will prescribe really hard to find plants that maybe are a little bit more expensive. Like I know there are certain like adaptogenic herbs that are very popular right now, and maybe they're kind of limited. And I was really excited to feature some of my favorite plants that, are more available um yeah. a lot of the the nourishing herbs or weeds are considered weeds which are some of the most healing plants that you can mm-hmm. um work with for your body um so yeah but i definitely put a lot of my loves into the deck and a lot of my magic as well and there's rituals yeah. with each card so that was another really fun part to write and Um, I'm excited to to see how people like it. (laughs)
0: Oh, gorgeous. It's so beautiful. The photography is truly like so gorgeous. It is such an elegant deck. Like I feel like, (laughs) you know, like there's a lot of different decks out there and I've seen different plant ones, but this one is just like so beautiful. And I feel like one of the gorgeous things too about having photos specifically is like if there is an herb that somebody doesn't have necessarily access to, like they can still meditate with the herb. They can still, Mm -hmm. you know, breathe Mm -hmm. in the energy of the herb and like the qualities. And I just, I love how you intentionally made it accessible. Cause I I have the same qualms with, you know, like spell books that are like, you need five candles and 10 crystals and 13 different herbs. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like if I don't have it and I can't like go to whole foods or like go to like my local, just like, Mexican grocery store and get some like Mm -hmm. whatever like or you know maybe order it on like mountain rose herbs like even then like I'm probably just not going to do it like you don't you know Mm -hmm. I say this all the time it's like it's like being a painter is not about having a million different bottles of paint it's about actually using the paint to paint so it's like you can have all the herbs and you can have all the tools but like if you're not actually connecting with the spirit of the plant if you're not actually forming a, a relationship with it if you're not actually like using it then what's the point point? and Exactly i just am so excited because i feel like too like not only do you do such a good job of making this medicine accessible like you also make it like really easy for people to actually create their own medicines like whether it's through tea yeah. or through like using something like honey or alcohol or mm-hmm. making fire cider with vinegar like It's, Mm. like, I feel, like, especially before I met you and, like, I'm lucky enough to call you, like, one of my, like, very, very close friends. Like, I've made lots of different medicines with you. Like, it just, it seems inaccessible until you have somebody who, like, knows what they're doing and is, like, Mm. actually, like, you really just need, like, these two or three things and, like, this kind of jar so it doesn't, like, corrode and it's fine. And I just feel like you're going to do such an incredible job or you've done such an incredible job of ushering in this, like, new kind of wave of plant magic. And I just can't wait for the deck to be out in the world. Thank you. Yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> the tradition of herbalism that I practice is folk herbalism.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: what that really means is it's the medicine of the people. And mm-hmm. if it's not affordable and accessible and available, then it's really not going to be medicine. Um, I mean, (laughs) there's many different kinds of medicine and all of that, but I think that it's so special to rekindle that relationship with folk herbalism because this is the Mm. medicine and the magic of our grandmothers and the elders of the past, of the communities that our families are from. And, you know, talking about that fracturing, this is knowledge that we used to have collectively. Mm -hmm. So, learning these herbs and learning how to work with them is a homecoming it should feel cathartic it should Mm -hmm. feel like you're coming home and i love kitchen witchery because it's so Mm. simple and most people have a lot of herbs that are healing already in their pantry like cinnamon and ginger and cardamom and onions and garlic like all of these plants that we already have that are around us at all times are just waiting for us to connect with them and explore them in a deeper energetic way
0: oh I love that so much and I love that you said coming home because that's like when I was a little baby witch discovering witchcraft like 12 or 13 like that is the feeling I had of like coming home to something. And it's, mm-hmm. I say this on the podcast before because I still haven't ever had that same feeling. And I feel like that's such a beautiful guide into like the path that's right for you. And it feels like sacred, safe and familiar. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I love that you talk about things that are already in our pantries because it's so like, you don't have to go out and buy things. You don't have to go out and spend money. You can like literally like, take a foraging class or like grow them in a little pot or just like get like a little bit of you know like you like you said like you can literally just get cinnamon from your trader joe's or grocery store or whatever Mm -hmm. and like that is something that you can use um i guess i have a few i have have, like a million questions but first (laughs) did you have any like a favorite plant to write about in the botanical deck or like something that maybe like a plant that you were expecting that like or I just, yeah, any favorite, any surprise favorite. I just want to know the tea. Mm.
1: My number one plant ally is Nettles. So mm. having the chance to really sing her praises were was really special. So I loved writing about Nettles, which is another boundary teaching plant. <laughs> A theme yep. for me, I think. And <laughs> you know what was surprising was writing about Honeysuckle. Ooh, yeah, I haven't, I had not at that time worked with Honeysuckle as much in a medicinal way. But once I mm-hmm. started writing about Honeysuckle, it reawakened this connection to my inner child. And Aww. I felt very poetic and silly as I was writing about Honeysuckle. And uh, then I was in New York at the time, actually, and I, like, <laughs> I had this quest To find honeysuckle so that i could like really experience her in tea form while writing about her Mm. and i ended up going to flower power in uh the lower east side which is Mm -hmm. a great apothecary in new york if you're in the area and it opened up so many other doors. Like I found a blue lotus essential oil, which oh, then like gorgeous. radicalized how I wrote about blue lotus, which is another incredible aphrodisiac. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I think it again is just like following your curiosity with the plants, um, and it really is about listening to your body and listening to the body of the earth and
0: and what's reaching out to you for connection as well oh beautiful listening to the body of the earth is literally poetry um i would just also i like when i was growing up in la we had honeysuckle i think like in our front yard or like somewhere closest mm. i remember being a little girl and like taking it and then you can like you know like break it and like suck like the little honey part like if you like actually yeah. physically like so i totally love that but for our listeners who are not aware of the Magical or metaphysical properties of nettle and honeysuckle. Could you just share a little bit? Yeah, of course. Um, So
1: nettles is, I think, one of the herbs that I would suggest to anyone for everything. (laughs) Nettles is categorized as a nourishing herb. So a nourishing herb means that it is good for every system of the body it's rich in vitamins and minerals and enzymes it's especially rich in iron and b vitamins so if you're someone who bleeds it's really good especially during the time of the month um and nettles is also an adaptogenic herb uh, sorry an adaptogenic herb Mm -hmm. and an adaptogen helps your body respond to stress beautiful so, it's an herb that we all should be, adaptogenic herbs are a category of herbs that we should all be looking towards, especially since we live in such a stressful kind of hustle culture world. <laughs> um, <and> it's, just, <laughs> it's really easy for our bodies to be out of alignment with um, how we regulate stress mm-hmm. and i love nettles energetically as well i feel like she's kind of this like grandma who will just like tell you like it is like you need mm-hmm. to set better boundaries you need to take care of yourself and again going back to how plants grow nettles is also called stinging nettles because mm-hmm. it uh has a. A sting to it if you touch it in its fresh form. So um, I think that's, you know, and it actually <laughs> it's interesting. So when you experience the sting of nettles, it actually can be a pain reliever and topically has been used for people with arthritis. Interesting. Yeah. So, so a lot of these things that we immediately view as like bad, or painful now we're getting into
0: like kinky territory it's actually good mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and i know people who have used nettles as part of bdsm scenes like getting spanked with it mm-hmm. or whatever like purposely <laughs> working with it which i'm like that's brave because i've seen little welts that come up and i'm like that's a specific you know sensation that i feel like would yeah. be its own kind of ordeal to go through
1: but um,
0: nettles is just a really
1: wonderful, a wonderful herb to work with if uh, you're mm. in the beginning of your journey, or if you just feel like you need to build your body back up.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. How about honeysuckle?
1: Oh, honeysuckle. And I love that you brought up that that act of like sucking the the sweetness from mm-hmm. the flower, because I think it's like mm-hmm. such a beautiful shared experience that so many people had as children, yeah. which is this reminder to me of just the pleasure of play. And yeah. I think that play is the intention for the card of honeysuckle as well.
0: Um, The honeysuckle
1: is used a lot in traditional Chinese medicine, which is an approach to obviously working with herbs that's from China. Um, It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, But Honeysuckle is great for healing inflammation in the body and it's very cooling as well. So, um, soothing kind of inflammation, uh, it's good for digestion. It's good for respiratory health, immune system building. Um, it's also good for helping managing your blood sugar levels. Um, and I think it's just that, like that sweet cooling element to the plants that Mm. can be really like nourishing for
0: people who might have a little bit of a, a more like fiery disposition. I love that. And I, one of the things I love so fucking much have to use the word fuck because sometimes it is necessary often it's necessary but specifically about like you and your spirit and your work is you embody the energy of play like so deeply like you are literally just like a fucking flower fairy who's here (laughs) to share the beautiful language of the goddess the art of the goddess flowers and herbs and you do so with such joy and deep reverence and just like like just wonder and silliness and like I truly believe that like play and curiosity and being sillier what keeps us from being miserable adults and like I just mm. love that not only do you love that but you bring that in with this beautiful deck and I love that you shared like these two plant allies and um I guess my next question is if somebody has you know some dried nettle or some dried honeysuckle like What would your suggestion be to, like, work with the herbs um, if somebody's never really made an herbal concoction before?
1: Mm. Uh, For honeysuckle, I think a really beautiful way to start discovering the spirit of the plant would to be working with the scent of it because it Mm. is so sweet and so gentle. And if you really wanted to lean into the elements of play i would get a honeysuckle hydrosol and a hydrosol is a steam distillation of a plant uh you could also use uh essential oil um, but i think just anointing your body or spraying mm. the hydrosol around you and breathing in the scent of the plant one of my favorite ways to ignite a relationship with plants. And I suggest this for anybody that I've worked with or any class they lead is to invite every sensation. So mm. we're not just drinking for taste. Mm-hmm. We're also breathing in the scent and experiencing the aromatics and touching the plants. And this is the way that nature behaves. You, you use all of the tools of connection that you have available to you Um, but also for nettles, I would absolutely suggest drinking it. (laughs) Uh, Mm I don't want to touch the fresh plants unless you're into that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but if you have, uh, dried nettles, you can take a small handful and make a hot infusion, which is a very long steeped tea. So if you take a small handful of dried nettles, put it in a mason jar, fill it with hot boiling water, cover it, let it steep for four to six hours or overnight, you've got a hot infusion of nettles. And then you can drink it and experience it through its scent. You can, you know, put some of the nettle tea on your skin and feel what that's mm. like and meditate with the spirit of nettles and see what visions come to you.
0: I love that. So if somebody were to make the infusion, obviously it's going to cool off. Would they be able to like, you, would you just drink it kind of at the temperature it's at? Would you suggest putting it in? So the after, for a hot infusion, um, for a hot
1: infusion, like you would let it steep for a really long time. So then it would be room temperature, which I prefer for nettles. Um, if you wanted Perfect. to reheat it for like a hot tea, you can do that on the stovetop. But Perfect. I personally like it at room temperature
0: beautiful that's why i wanted to ask and i feel like honestly like one of my favorite things to do is to like take a bath and drink tea so mm-hmm. it's like you kind of like turn into tea and can like even like pour a little bit of like the tea into the bath and then like mm-hmm. drink yes. it so good. i love it i love it and I it's so it. fun because like you get to experience
1: eroticism in a very different way like mm-hmm. if you want to connect with a plant spirit you can consume it and let it be inside you in a very different yeah. way than you can with connecting with any other kind of being. It's, uh, it's very radical and fun if you recontextualize how you're connecting with the plants. And I love I that love you put that. tea in the bath as well. I think it's like a really great way to um, add a little something extra to your bathing experience.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's just, like, a little offering, like, if I'm drinking something, like, even if it's, like, I don't really drink much anymore, but if I'm having a little bit of a weed drink, or if I were to Mm -hmm. drink, like, some wine, I'll pour, like, a tiny bit in my bath, just, like, as an offering, and then if you really want to get sex with you with it, you can, like have some nettle tea or damiana tea, pour in the bath, bring in your sex toy, maybe like a vibrator, have mm. like a little sex <laughs> magic moment. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, and there are certain plants. plants. <laughs> oh, so sorry. <laughs> Go on. What were you
1: saying? There are certain plants that what? There, there are, are certain plants you can add to your bath to make it. Yes. Spicy. So like, what well, would you suggest jasmine. for that? Oh, jasmine tea would be so mm. beautiful because it's, a moistening plant, Ooh. like it makes you a little more juicy. It's uh oh also a really gentle aphrodisiac and it's very connected to the element of water. So jasmine in a bath it. is just a beautiful union. Um oh, I, love, I love I
0: love jasmine in the bath. <laughs> and jasmine's a lunar herb. So if you do that like on like mm. a full moon or new moon, that would be like extra, extra potent. Oh, so good. or it's like at least in like the kind of Kabbalistic tradition it's one of the herbs that's ruled by the moon yeah um what would your suggestions be for a sex witch looking to incorporate herbalism into their eroticism I know we've kind of touched on some of the ways but like you mentioned Damiana so I would love to hear like your favorite ways of working with her or any Mm -hmm. other kind of accessible aphrodisiacs and yeah, just like any any suggestions are welcome. I would love to get into some sex witchery with you because that is you to a T. So
1: I love working with aphrodisiacs and initially I felt very called to working with them. Hold on, let me see how I'm going to explain this. I felt very very called to aphrodisiacs because I thought that they were misunderstood in that Mm -hmm. everyone reduces aphrodisiacs as a plant to make you want to have sex. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting that folks did that when there's so much more that these plants have to offer. And I've I don't know there's there was something about that experience that felt like i i could relate like i've been reduced to some something that could be just erotic as well yeah and yeah aphrodisiac herbs have three functions in the body they are good for circulation they reduce um they're good for circulation they help calm your nervous system and they open up the heart. So Mm -hmm. once you get that blood flowing and your nervous system is calm and you're feeling more heart open and connected, then oftentimes that can lead to deeper erotic experiences. But Mm -hmm. there's so much more that you can do with them, such as using them for creativity and using them for uh, reproductive care as well. They often have Mm. benefits for reproductive health. Um, But if a sex witch was looking to explore how to bring some botanicals onto the altar and into the bedroom, I would definitely say (laughs) look to Damiana, rose, cinnamon, vanilla, jasmine, hibiscus. Those plants come to mind as really divine expressions of the erotic through the botanical world. Um, I'll also add in passion flower in there. Mm. Um, So... I don't know if we have time to talk in detail about a lot of these plants, but I invite you to just like look up what they look like and um, what threads of common experience that all of these plants have is that they are all aphrodisiacs and they are all good for the reproductive system in some way and they offer an invitation to be in deeper connection to your erotic body And that's both physical, emotional, and spiritual. Um, And I think that most of them are flowers as well. So a flower is, you know, the reproductive uh, organ of a plant. So when we see flowers, we're, we're in awe of their beauty and they're expressing their eroticism to us. So even just meditating on that and what the act of blossoming is, um, is is just a fun way to begin that path. But I do yeah. love a potion. <laughs> so I, I would invite you to source either fresh or dried plant material of a combination of any of those herbs that I've mentioned. Get some raw local honey, some... Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol for potion making and if you do not use alcohol then you can just use honey or vinegar um beautiful but alcohol is great because it helps with keeping a plant shelf stable Mm -hmm. so if you infuse a plant in alcohol then it is shelf-stable pretty much indefinitely, but at least for a couple of years. So the, the way to make a potion, in any size jar with dried plant material, you fill it up a third of the way with the plant material, and then the rest of the way you fill up the jar with alcohol, honey, or vinegar or a combination of the two, although I don't think vinegar and alcohol goes very well together for flavor. (laughs) Um, And then once you've got your potion, you can stir it for four to six weeks, let it infuse, give it a shake, give it a prayer, and you've got yourself your first love
0: potion. (laughs) Oh, So incredible and so beautiful. And I love all of these herbs because, again, they're so accessible. Like, you can find, like, you don't have to go to like some fancy store. Like you can go and get some like bags of, you know, like hibiscus tea or jasmine tea Mm -hmm. and literally just use like those dried herbs. If you don't have, you know, like a store to get stuff. And I remember when I took an aphrodisiac class with you, you were also saying to like, if you really want to connect with the spirit of a plant to just work with like one plant. And Mm -hmm. if you're like, Oh, like vanilla or like, Oh, passion flower. Like, that's so beautiful. Like, you can do that and you can just like work with one plant at a time or like you said a combination and when you were talking Mm. about this energy kind of blooming I had one of the meditations I come back to again and again is visualizing a rose um like kind of expanding as I inhale and closing a little bit as I exhale and placing that on my heart or my sacral chakra or my crown chakra a combination and like you could, you know, like, make this potion and then, like, take the potion and meditate and visualize, you know, like, a passion flower at your heart or hibiscus flower or a rose or jasmine, like, blooming and just kind of make an even deeper experience. And I just think that one of the gorgeous things about these medicines that you're literally ingesting and your, you know, your body is pretty much making love to is that, like, you're going to have a personal experience. And Mm. if you, especially if you're like, you know, not if your phone's off and create this sacred space and you invite the plant spirit in, like you will feel it and you will connect to it and it'll be in a deeper way than just thinking about it, you know? So I just, I I think that what you just offered is so potent and powerful and accessible. Like it really is not hard to, to do this. And I'm just so Mm. grateful for the work that you create.
1: Thank you. And I love what you said. Like And it is true. You don't have to have all of these plants working with. One is such a great way to really develop a relationship. And I often say that working with the plant spirits is often like making a friendship. And the more you spend time Mm. with them, the more medicine and magic they will offer you. And Mm. actually adjust it for your body as well. Um, and you don't even have to have these plants physically present to work with them. Oftentimes mm-hmm. if I'm feeling stressed, I will envision the spirit of Linden, which is Aww. one of my favorite plants to work with for the nervous system. And I swear to God, it really does help like bring me mm. back into what that plant has to offer me. Um, and i think that whenever we work with the plant spirits we also have to remember to give back to them and so Mm. if you're making a potion offering a little bit of the potion you've crafted on the altar to the goddess or mm. giving some of it back to the earth or if you worked with a specific plant like rose maybe you could find a rose in your neighborhood and speak words of gratitude to mm. express how grateful you are
0: that it worked with you in this way and offered its own healing oh so gorgeous That's so beautiful and i feel like that kind of symbiotic relationship is so gore- like so important and i just feel like it's such it's such at the root of witchcraft to honor the mm-hmm. connection of everything and to not give without to not take without giving so oh Absolutely. so beautiful um what is inspiring you right now changing the oh, subject line. <laughs> What
1: is inspiring me right now? Mm. (sighs) My Saturn return is really Saturn returning right now. (laughs) I feel that. I feel that so hard. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it has really come back to the body uh, Mm. and boundaries and care. And we are recording this in January, so it's winter. And I've really, really been leaning into the energy of winter, of rest, of quiet, of introspection. Mm -hmm. That's been inspiring me. Um, I am in the middle of filming Invocation of the Wild, which is an experimental short that I'm making. Um, And uh, I'm inspired by all of the occultist experimental filmmakers of the past century and Mm -hmm. all of the... Um all of the, the magic and creativity that's around us in in Los Angeles and
0: yeah. It's <laughs> a lot. Oh, I love it. <laughs> And your, your Pisces rising, so your um, Saturn turn is happening in the first house of self, like of the bodies, of being seen. Oh, really? So I love that. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so because your rising yeah. is your first house, so it's like you are naturally just like really honoring not only the changings of nature, the cycles of nature in yourself, but like this boundary of like coming back home to the physical body. And like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, like in Invocation of the Wild, like you have... Um, one of our friends as like the altar as like you know like her physical body is an expression of this sacred space. So I just I love how you live your birth chart. It's it's gorgeous to see. Thank you so much. Thank you. What's inspiring <laughs> you right now? Oh my god, such a thank you for asking that. Um, I <laughs> <quick question. sighs> what is inspiring me right now? Um, honestly, like I'm just really trying to like feel good and be hot like what's inspiring Mm. me right now is just like getting my shit together but like looking cute when i do it my saturn return is in the sixth house which is like home and health and daily habits and it's been it's been a ton of 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 stuff happening there so i'm kind of just like being inspired by like I don't know just kind of like art and creating again and like the erotic Mm -hmm. like I finally shot for OnlyFans for the first time since like Mm -hmm. October and just like feeling good like in my body and working out and taking a sober break this month and not smoking or drinking and really not using sugar so I'm just like Mm -hmm. I'm just feeling like I feel like embodiment and glamour are really inspiring me like I've been Mm -hmm. kind of just trying to get myself back into like the swing of things and slowly crawling mm-hmm. out of my depression hole so I'm just inspired by life and my by my beautiful friends like you and by the color pink and by wearing <laughs> cute little outfits so you know I'm just just trying to trying to take care of myself but um I feel the same I've been in major major hermit mode and just kind of turning mm. inward and I turned 30 in like Two weeks from tomorrow, actually. So I'm just like oh really enjoying the last moments of my 20s and kind of like, honestly, turning 30s inspiring me. Like, I'm excited oh, to just like level yes. up, you know?
1: Yes. You are such an inspiration. So. And I'm Aww. so looking forward to witnessing you in this next evolution of your 30s being like the most embodied, hot, like powerful form
0: of yourself. <laughs> Thank you so much, babe. Um, well, I would love to know, um, or I want, I would love our listeners to know like where they, can they find you? Where can they buy your deck? And of course, I will link your social. Um, you also have an amazing company called Plantimacy, which is like your herbalism company. Um, maybe you can just talk about that and I'll link that, the botanical deck, your social media and anything else you want below as well.
1: Thank you. Yeah, um, so my personal accounts are all liam off, and uh i am now offering resources and musings and videos and blogs and all that kind of stuff um, on my site Plantency, and that's com and Plantency on the uh internet all over wherever you want to find it um and you can get the botanical deck think everywhere Amazon Mm -hmm. Barnes and Noble um so I'll make sure to send you that link
0: beautiful (laughs) well thank you so much for being here I'm I'm just so inspired and so grateful for the incredible work you do and just so honored to call you my like sister slut bestie I love you I love you. Thank you so much for having me. And I also listened to
1: an episode of this podcast. And can I just say amazing choice for the song intro?
0: (gasps) Oh, my God. Thank you. I I was was, like dancing. (laughs) (laughs) It was like that was such an important part. I was like, I can't release this until I find the right song and have the right art. Like Mm -hmm. that's why, like it took me like six months to do it. So that means everything (laughs) coming from you. (laughs) Thank you. It's perfect. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Love, Lust, and Magic with the incredible Leah Moth. If you want a copy of the Botanicals deck, please, please, please pre-order, which you can do so at the link below. And make sure to keep up with all her socials and all her projects and just give her lots of love because she deserves it. And as always, you can find my work at the links below. You can order all my books, including Goddess Energy, my newest book, which is coming out next month or March, I guess, March 19th. And you can pre-order that at the link below. You can sign up to take my three-part course, Perverting the Tarot, as well as my other classes. You can sign up for ritual guides and more on patreon.com and follow all my socials for even more love, lust, and magic. I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for being here. Love, Lust, and Magic is produced by Zach Toman.